Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1, O-U-T-D-O-O-R, and the number one. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made-in-America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete Houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week do you spend on As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> on this episode of the truth. I am taking over the mic from Josh. He needs a break. He has been brokering deals between PKC and Joy Dog Food, working with Wade, working with Roger Dale, and uh, getting Joy Dog Food on as a sponsor, as you all heard last week in the Circle Points episode with Jed and Josh. Great work by all. Special shout out to Joy Dog Food and PKC for uh, picking Joy up as a sponsor. They're going back to their roots. 
When the Cozier's owned that company, they were huge sponsors of the youth programs, and we're seeing Joy Dog Food get right back in the middle of that. So enjoy your week off from the truth, Josh. Hey, before we get rolling here, I want to go ahead and introduce our guest for you. You need to know who this guy is. If you have not found the social media platform called Go Wild, that's all it is, Go Wild. It is a hook and bullet, outdoor, recreation-based, hunting, fishing, camping, outdoor, social media platform that has been built for the outdoorsman. If that doesn't make Go Wild unique enough on its own, I know we're all tired as hunters. We all get sick and tired of our content being censored on other social media platforms, being uh, fact-checked and all the other stuff that goes with the current woke community. You don't see any of that over on Go Wild. Brad Luttrell is the CEO of Go Wild. He was one of the founders of the companies. He's worked in social media, as you will hear, for years, and he built a very special platform just for us to go over there and share our hunts, share our adventures in a community that appreciates hunting and fishing. They do this in a way that is highly engaging and very inviting for us as hunters to go over there and and start using that platform. And once you get in there, you're going to see that they've got all kinds of discounts on gear and and just all kinds of cool stuff. I'm not going to steal Brad's thunder on that. What I do want to tell you about Brad Luttrell is he has been really hitting the, the media trail and the speech trail. And what I mean by that is he is in high demand to be talking to the some of the largest groups in the United States. I missed his speech at the SHOT Show in Las Vegas this year, Uh, but he's speaking at the SHOT Show. He's speaking for major conservation organizations and stuff. He's got a great message about social media and how we need to be conducting and handling ourselves as hunters in this relatively new space for us called social media. We're going to break it all down for you in this episode. Everything from ethics on social media to how social media works to how you can promote your state organization with an effective social media campaign. What things work and what things don't work. And ultimately, how we can effectively get our message out there as houndsmen, as hunters, and stand in the gap for our freedoms to free cast hounds. This is a great episode. We get some great insight from a guy that's working on the inside of the social media world and understands it way beyond any of the rest of us do before we get to that episode though i just want to tell you if you have not found go wild yet you need to find them you can find them in the app store you can download the app set up a profile and start sharing your stories and your adventures your hunting hunting trips all this stuff with a community that appreciates you and You can avoid the drama from the other social media platforms. It's a great space. I've I've been using it for uh, pretty regularly for about three months. All right, folks, the old South Dog Box is rocking. It's time to get the tailgate down and dump the box. Southern Hound Hunting Magazine is the most comprehensive magazine that represents your lifestyle as a houndsman. If you can hunt it with a hound, it is being covered in the pages of Southern Hound Hunting Magazine. You also get an in-depth look at the men and women who are engaged in this lifestyle, living it every day to the fullest. 
from the Rocky Mountains to the Southern Swamps and across the ocean with articles about our international houndsmen and what they're chasing across the pond. Go to southernhoundhunting.com, get your subscription for $15 a year. Southern Hound Hunting Magazine, promoting the fair chase experience. Uh, Brad Latrell with us from Go Wild, and um, Brad, I'm going to let you describe what Go Wild is. You're going to do a much better job <laughs> than I am, uh, but I just want to s- tell our audience uh, that I'm real happy to have you on the show, and I'm glad that you uh, took time to do this. You're a busy guy. I missed your presentation at the SHOT Show in Vegas because of flight and travel plans and i regret missing that but uh i'm gonna just turn the mic over to you tell us what go wild is yeah so go wild is a social media platform for outdoor enthusiasts on on the platform it operates more like a reddit which a lot of people in this space aren't familiar with but it means it's forum based so you don't have to build a big following to be able to to meet people or to post and get engagement which is part of uh it was thoughtfully done that way you know we wanted to be able to give people a place where they could quickly tap into people who are doing or are also interested in that topic so you know for example we have a forum for houndsmen uh, just looked at mm-hmm. it it's got one hundred twenty-two thousand people following that forum so right. when you when you have that and you post into that what this does really quickly is you know if i posted on uh, i don't have an instagram account because i hate meta but if i had an instagram account uh and i posted on there and I've got, I don't know, let's call it like your average person's probably got a few hundred followers, right? Mm-hmm. If I ask a question about how to start, you know, getting into coon hunting or, or uh, upland or whatever it is, I'm probably not going to get very curated answers because, you know, my followers are like my Aunt Susie. It's it's Phyllis from HR at work. You know, it's like a bunch of people yeah. who, uh, you know, don't necessarily have any expertise in what you're trying to learn about. So we designed our social platform to really help people learn but also just connect with other you know even if you're a veteran at anything you really want to know what other people are doing and and you can always learn right there's always something else to pick up as a skill um and and in fact it's been kind of fun as a platform to watch you know we thought a lot of these guys that had 20 40 years of experience would come in and mentor and they do but they also might find out about falconry we've got like three or 4,000 people that follow the falconry discussion. And really? that that's something that's just fun, right? Like I'm probably never going to do that, but it's really cool to learn about and to see people posting their kills with, with these, these birds. So that, that is like the first major component of go wild that, that most people mm-hmm. care about, right? Like you're not, you can post uh, your hunting content and really, or fishing content and really quickly get into people that are like you. Uh, we have a few other layers to this platform, which I'll run through them real quick since you asked. Um, you know, we have a near me button that's at the top right of the app. So, you know, if I go into Houndsman, I can actually hit the near me button and it's going to pull in people. I'm in Kentucky here. It's going to pull in people in my state and then also within a 140 mile radius of me. So right now I'm looking at a guy in Indiana. Um, he uh, there's a couple <laughs> a couple other people. Actually, here we go. Uh, some pictures from. This might be, is this you? Uh, you know, there's, I'm, I'm seeing, where are you based? Indiana. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, it was an Indiana yeah. guy, this is you. Yeah, that's <laughs> this me. Is funny. Uh, so go wild, figure that out, and connect this to us. I didn't realize you were right across the river. Um, yeah, I am. You know, I've got Ohio, uh, you know, Kentucky. So that's a really cool feature that people can tap into to connect to other people is that near me feature. The other thing that mm-hmm. we do is we have a trophy feature. Uh, this this allows you to post your your animals and and to it'll kind of walk you through and get all your data and then it, it like like your did you use rifle shotgun for deer or whatever it is you know and then those pin to the top of your profile and and this is where we kind of kick off our rewards discussion so you get points for that you get points for logging podcast and interacting on the app and all this stuff mm-hmm. and then as you get points you're unlocking go wild rewards which is we launched this in September it has been the most popular thing we've ever done. Uh, you you can get free T-shirts, free stickers, discounts on gear. Um, right. A few few months ago, I unlocked a hundred dollars off of a Garmin Zero site. You know, there, there's all kinds of discounts that that hit. Uh, there's twenty five dollar gift cards, five dollar gift cards, mm-hmm. and uh, I think actually at like the upper echelon level, there's even like free turkey calls and stuff like that. So you know the um, the, the opportunities there are kind of endless and it rewards you for putting that content out there. Um, we, we have a shopping element to this. So obviously if you get rewards, you can shop. That's kind of right. what I was leading into next. Those are kind mm-hmm. of the three phases of go wild. There's social, the rewards, and then the shopping, you know? So, um, those are, those are the three big components of the platform. Today, and there's some top, top brands in that shopping area too. I've been oh, in yeah. there and, and browsed around and things like that. You know, I, I, there's a lot of stuff. If I don't slow you down a little bit, we're going to no, be good, man. I'll get going and I, I won't stop. I'll talk the whole hour. So interject, please. <laughs> yeah. So I want to get, I, I want to understand why you were motivated to start yeah. uh, a platform like this, a social media channel. I, I always hound people and hunters and, and we're still using a lot of Facebook and a lot of Instagram and stuff like that. And everybody complains about it. You know, everybody complains about the censorship and things like that. And, and you've created something here that is not going to censor us and actually be a voice for us that can represent our lifestyle in a positive way. So, um, tell us a story about how it got started and why you said, man, we got to do something. Yeah. So the, the founding of the platform goes back to 2016 and really it goes back even further because you know, I, I had been searching for something to do entrepreneurially. Uh, I was working mm-hmm. in advertising. I was at an advertising agency, which means we were doing digital marketing campaigns, building websites and uh, doing branding work. So, you know, a lot of the founding of what we did was within my skill set as far as creating the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have three co-founders who, who founded this company with me. What we saw back in 2016, if people can remember this far back, it's, it's almost like 2020 erased our memory to some extent of what social (laughs) media was like. Um, but the, you know, 2016 was the nastiest time in social media pre 2020, of course, 2020 was a, a, a year breaker for, uh, people being, uh, pretty nasty to each other. But, you know, we had the Trump Hillary election going on and we started to see this incredibly polarized, country that that we're in mm-hmm. and you know it started with politics but then it, i started to notice that it was with everything you know even um uh, i i had posted a deer on facebook that i'd shot a few years before that and my my boss at my current company said something like you feel like a man now and i'm like whoa dude like i work for you and and you know you're gonna troll me like this and and i just kind of saw that coming and the observation that really opened this up to a business opportunity was realizing that 
Facebook didn't have a lot of restrictions on, um, you know, you couldn't sell firearms, but it wasn't what it is today. And our bet for the to create a business out of this, because you got to make money, right? If you're going right. to do this at this scale, you got to make money. Our bet was that Facebook would continue to crack down on the industry side because there was no policing of comments of people harassing hunters, especially. Right. Right. And our our bet was, and this is in the original business plan, that this would continue to become a problem, this would scale, and that even fishing was going to get hit with it. And now, guess who's getting uh, content deleted? Guess who's getting uh, stuff taken down for animal cruelty? Saltwater guys. All these saltwater yeah. guys who catch, you know, these big tunas or something, and they're bleeding. Uh, you know, they're, they're having... They're, I have a buddy who runs a, a private Graphic group. content. Yeah, man. And yeah. so... We predicted a lot of that in 2016 and set out to build a business to give people a place where I hate saying like a safe place because that that's like, a, you know, we're going to go <laughs> on. We're going to take our ball and go home. That's right. really not what it was about. It was realizing that, you know, th these algorithms are the some of the most powerful technology ever created. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook is the greatest advertising platform that was ever built, but they did that on the backs of our data. Right. Like they've, mm -hmm. they've completely harvested data from people to figure out what you would like or what what you know, that's how it works. They, they collect third party data from other platforms and they use that to sell to you. And so a lot of it was just getting out of that ecosystem, getting into an ecosystem that supports the industry. Every time you're on a meta platform, Facebook or Instagram and scrolling and seeing ads, you're funding the fight against hunting and fishing. You know, th these are companies that don't allow a good chunk of our industry to uh to advertise we my company has been kicked off of facebook two different times and and this does not mean like oh i'll just appeal it and get it overturned these were things right. with a full marketing team at my disposal here we t the first one took us six to eight weeks to get it overturned the second one we spent six weeks and finally said screw this we're out and we haven't spent a dollar on a facebook platform since mm -hmm. uh, halloween you know, and this is uh, March 15th of 2022. So that, that's been, you know, almost it's been six, almost six months that we've been out of there. Uh, right. So, you know, a lot of it uh, was seeing that opportunity coming. And then again, I, it's not a take our ball and go home kind of thing. It's just like, man, we could do so much better if we could help people connect quickly and, and you know, add functionality that's meaningful because, you know, Facebook did, at the time didn't have anything that was custom built for hunters and anglers. And again, like you're not going to get that hundred dollar gift card I talked about to Garmin on Facebook, right? Like they wouldn't right. even allow us to sell that product because it's considered a weapon. True story. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, I mean, we, we that, that's what's funny is people hear me say we got blocked for on Facebook and they always assume that we sold something we shouldn't have been. It was binoculars. It's not against no the kidding. terms. No kidding, dude. I swear. Even Facebook's own team said it's not against their rules, but they have so much technology built into that system. The the algorithms uh, and the artificial intelligence and what's called machine learning. So it's constantly looking at content and learning from it. It's it's basically like, you know, some of these Will Smith movies with like the robots that get too smart for their own good. It's right. kind of like that same stuff, man. I'm not exaggerating on how this stuff works. Man, this and, stuff makes my head swim to even think about it. But I've seen that. I've I've I'm, I can relate to what it's almost. You know, we joke around about it, but it's almost like you can think about being hungry and something about cooking pops up. Yeah. Um, yeah, and but, a lot of people uh, think they're listening to them, and I, I mean, I actually do too. I think they're, they're I, I've, I've kind of bought into that. I think Amazon Alexa, like the reason Alexa is so cheap is because they want your data. They're harvesting mm -hmm. everything you're talking about. But I've had a couple weird instances, like I understand advertising enough that to know that it shouldn't have worked that way. Because we used to, you know, when we would do ads, we would target people 
Um, if I'm selling something, you go out and build your campaign to people that that, sh that was, should like that, right? Well, on Facebook, this was years and years ago when I was still on the platform. One time I was sitting with a, a buddy and I, I, on Facebook, I was married. So first out of the gate, they should know that I'm not uh, interested in engagement rings, right? But my right. buddy was talking about how his brother bought a diamond online. I'd never heard of this before. And he talked about this company that was doing it. Within 24 hours, like you said, I, I the next day I had an advertisement for that company for an engagement ring for a diamond. And it's like, dude, I'm married according to their own data, but they heard that and thought I might be interested in it. So now it's in my feed. Uh, yeah. you know, it's like a lot of times I hear people, my, my, my dad will say something. I'm like, well, you kind of just fit the demographic, though. Like that makes sense. But I didn't fit that demographic. And that that was the one time that I, I was like, there's no way anybody would have targeted me. You know, uh, polygamy is not too popular in the United States. So, uh, you know, these, these things are it's crazy, man. I mean, people have no idea how much their data is being manipulated. I know what, that's not what I came on here to talk about, but yeah, uh, I know I'll yeah, get fired yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll bre we'll break out the Tim Foyle hats here in a minute. <laughs> uh, no, I get accused of of that a lot. So, you oh, know, it's all it's, real, man. It's just, it is. It absolutely I've, is. I've, I've been on podcasts and I say this stuff recently. Um, people don't know Google controls ninety one point five percent of search, and if you think about that, that means Google has a total monopoly on our country's decision-making. Literally, the questions you ask in life go to Google. I guarantee everybody on this audience, that's where you go, right? Yeah. Um, the Think about the power of running one of these algorithms and just deciding what's not going to be an answer. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's where the scary stuff comes in. People often don't think about, well, okay, I don't care about Facebook having my data, or I don't care that TikTok is uh, controlled by China. Like an example, I, I haven't verified this, but it makes sense. Uh, an example in China right now, the U.S. on TikTok, um, which is, again, Chinese run company, TikTok, the videos that are going viral here are like stupid teens doing dances. Right. And even right. the adults exactly. are doing this stuff. I've heard I've that. been told and I haven't verified this because I don't live in China, but in China, you know what goes viral? Really Math, brain engineering. Yes. Chemistry, Bra brainy science experiments. So these yes. kids are like showing off their science experiments. It's like they're dumbing down our youth, yes. you know, uh, and, and well, you we're know, dumbing down everybody on on TikTok, Brad. <laughs> I, when I I quit, I went on TikTok to find to see if there was a use for that platform for the podcast to promote our brand and stuff yeah. like that after being on there i i first thing i found is it's a time robber you yeah, know man before i know it i'm sitting there i look down at my clock it's been 45 minutes and i've been scrolling through tiktok yeah and then i start seeing 50 year old white girls doing gr grinding to rap songs and i'm yeah. like what the hell is this all about you know <laughs> um this is, uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm with you. Um, uh, as far as Go Wild goes, just kind of walk us through the, you know, what people, I want, I, the reason your company appeals to me, and because it is a place built for us. Mm -hmm. It's a place built with the hunter, the fisherman, the outdoors person in mind that represents our lifestyle. And I want to drive traffic there. So tell tell our audience why they should be looking at Go Wild. Because I still think, and I, you obviously believe it, uh, there's a lot of room for growth over there at Go Wild. Oh, I dude, we got tons. This is our first year that we're really going to scale. People people have asked me, um, you know, 
like like I I mean, we're startups, so I'm we're funded by investors, and I'll get questions sometimes of like, why aren't you guys bigger? People don't realize how long Onyx was around before they got big. You know, they yeah. got funded, they raised a twenty million dollars in 2018, and then all of a sudden everybody knows about Onyx. Like that's how it works: is that you have the budget to do these big marketing campaigns. Um, this is our first year that we're really tackling that. Um, we're, we are we're going to be all over a lot of the podcasts you're listening to. We're working with guys like the Hunting Public and uh, Dan Johnson over at Sportsman's Nation. Um, we are starting some partnerships up that I can't announce just yet, but like there's some big stuff coming. So sure. you know, getting in, you talk about getting in early on a platform. Um, I know we've been around since 2017 in a beta, but you know, I didn't go full time with this until 2018. And then we really spent a good period of 2019 thinking that we were going to be a different kind of product than where we landed. Uh, we were really focused on this project with Garmin and doing activity tracking. And we thought that hunters and anglers were going to think it was cool to be able to track how many miles they walked or all this stuff. It did not go over very well. Like, honestly, the product was just not adopted. Hmm. So at the end of 2019, we launched this new product called Gearbox which was uh, this gear functionality. So within our platform, and I'm going to answer your question in a second, uh, but, but with right. the, I, I'm, I, I take a while to get there sometimes. That's what's <laughs> fun about podcasts, though, is I can do that. We don't have to do sound bites. Um, 2019, we launched this product called Gearbox. So you could all of a sudden tag gear just like a person on your profile. And now what was cool about that was within six weeks, that product was the most popular thing we'd ever done within six weeks. And we had been around for you know a couple of years at that point. Mm -hmm. and, and so we, we got out of activity tracking entirely and we said, man, this is awesome. We know what gear people are using. Uh, we can help them find new gear. We can help brands get to people in a way that matters. You know, the, the platform does have ads on it. Uh, we were largely driven by advertising up until COVID hit and mm -hmm. then COVID hits and, we all know this story now, but in March of 2020, I didn't know what was going to happen, except I knew advertising was dead because when a recession hits, the first thing that goes advertising budget. So we started clawing together, trying to figure out what we were going to do. And then, you know, we spent uh, the, the second quarter of 2020 was the worst quarter we've ever had in company history from a revenue standpoint. And then we basically said, we got to get out of this advertising business and, and find something else, some other way to monetize the company. Yeah. And so we said, well, you know what else happens in a recession? Hunters and anglers buy more stuff. It's an interesting fact, but when 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 people make less money because of a recession or when a recession hits and you can't travel, what you actually start doing is you hunt more. You fish. You build more. your war you, kit, man. Yeah, you're well, you're staying close to home. Yeah, you're not traveling. Right. So it's like, well, I'm not doing anything. I'll go turkey hunting this weekend. So that's right. the those spin goes that spin goes up. So we said, Well, let's get into selling the gear, you know, because we knew a lot of what people are using. So we said, Hey, we got ten thousand people that have uh added garments to their profiles let's sell garment and and you know we're, we're working with brands like garment and vortex and dakota 283 and you know a lot of uh well-known players in the space um rocky boots and muck boots and um so so we started that path and um now i'm going to start answering your question and now the question is like okay so you guys have that's your model now right like we're trying we have ads now but it's mostly for gear it's our ads it's a plot it's right. like trying to put stuff that we think is relevant to you in front of you um what's cool about this is that from from number one like my number one mission is not just make money right like i could have stayed 
in what I was doing. I was in advertising. It's a very lucrative career to, you know, and I, and I had like progressed pretty well for my career could just kept on, keep on keeping on, but I really wanted to build a company that mattered and, and had impact. And, you know, we've worked with raising outdoors, which is a nonprofit camp for kids that teaches them to hunt fish and shoot. And I mean, shoot, she brings in like Christy Titus to come teach classes, right? She, this yeah. is a very legit camp. Uh, we've worked with them as a sponsor since 2017, but in uh, 2020, when we launched this, we decided to go all in and we donate 1% of our profits to this camp through everything that you buy, no matter, uh, you know, what it is, no matter how expensive it is, we, we actually take a whole percent, uh, which, you mm -hmm. know, if you're on the business end of things, you know, that's a lot to take out of right. your margin, um, especially considering the fact that we also give members free shipping. When you buy through us, guaranteed, no matter what, if it's that dog kennel or if it's, you know, something that's a fet, we're going to start selling turkey uh, um, targets blinds. to side in. Okay. Your, you know, well, well yeah, we're selling turkey targets. blinds, too, but targets right. like the, the lightest possible thing. It's a piece of paper to ship. It's all free. So yeah. no matter what, uh, we donate a percent of our profits to that camp. Um, a lot of people find that to be really cool. And, you know, we've also worked a lot with other nonprofits in the space. Um, you know, when you buy from Amazon, you're, you're sending a billionaire to space like that. You're funding Jeff Bezos's bank right. account. Um, when you buy from us, we're really trying to give back. We're trying to build a platform that lets people learn. And, and like at, overall, that is more than anything, more than, uh, you know, again, Amazon, Facebook, none of them care. And in fact, a lot of them are working against your lifestyle but you're funding a company that cares and is trying to get more people into the outdoors. So when we're talking about buying that gear, I assume I'm, I'm just assuming that, that you don't have a warehouse where you're, you've got a lot of overhead and stock in these items and things like that. Are they, they drop shipping? Question. Are they yeah. drop shipping from, so, so there's no overhead. You're not paying. No, we staff. have, a, we do have a little bit. We have like the, the Turkey targets I mentioned and some of the right uh -huh. Turkey gear is actually shipping out of our Louisville warehouse, but we do, but it's not Amazon warehouse where you've got all oh, this. Oh, no, I don't want to be in that business. Yeah, so, <laughs> and I, you make a good point. You know, hunters have to understand you have to spend your money with people that support you. You know, yeah. parallel a parallel economy that if we, given the opportunity, we've got to be smarter about where we spend our money. Do we spend yeah. it with, and I can go on a rant about dog food companies. I can go on a rant about, all these different places that we're buying gear because it's a race to the bottom on price for a lot of guys yeah. instead of looking at and th that concept or that that mindset blows me away because there there are not more patriotic people in the world than the hunting hook and bullet right. hunters and fishermen sure. crowd you know and houndsmen are absolutely 100 percent patriotic and um uh, they can rant about issues of the day, but when it comes down to, I buy this product from this company and I support hunting and fishing, or I can buy it cheaper over here and save two bucks. We're, we're going the saving the $2 route way too often. Right. Well, you know, what's funny is people assume that we're always more expensive. Um, we're usually pretty competitive and well, right with now the points, <clears throat> the, with points, the points exactly. and the discount. I can get my gear cheaper by going through your platform and I don't, I'm not paying shipping on it. What yeah. a great deal. Right. And then the other interesting thing, like there's times when we'll do promotions We right now, and I don't know if this will be live. I, I, we might be out of these things by the time uh, this goes live. When's this going to go live? Can, I'm not sure yet. 
Okay. Well, don't worry about it. So <laughs> I'll give an example though. Sometimes, like right now, we're selling these red dots, and I think we're like twenty or thirty dollars cheaper than Amazon because I've got them in a bundle. So when you bundle stuff, you can kind of get around some of the price, uh, the the regulations that the brands do. Um, we're getting pretty creative with that stuff to be able to offer people exclusive deals. Uh, one of those red dots we're selling right now is like $110. It's normally, uh, I can't even remember what it is normally. I think Amazon's got it for 135 or 140 mm-hmm. and And ours comes with a tack bag. So like, you get this cool little tactical sure. bag with it. So, you know, it's not always... Um, even paying more now some stuff on amazon i'm like i don't even know how they're selling that like we would lose money to sell it at that rate sometimes right Uh, but most of the time like it's worth the price check because again we're trying to help fund a whole camp uh for kids this year which which um you know so so you know every time you're putting in even just a little bit it all adds up when you've got Mm -hmm. tens of thousands of people doing that you know yeah and and i didn't say that to say that people can't get their gear cheaper over on, on. No, no, I know what you mean. I just wanted to clarify for folks. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. So, so a lot of people hate change people. Oh yeah. You know, a lot, if, if the hunting community is three years behind the curve, then how the hound hunting community I've always said is 10 years behind it. And we're trying to change that with this podcast, by the way, and we're getting there. It's slow gains, but is that one of the things that you find um, is migration slow from yeah. Facebook and Instagram to go wild because of a different platform and how, you know, let's answer that question. Then I want to ask you to kind of break down, go wild for dummies. I mean, in like five minutes, uh, yeah. you know, why how easy it is to use. Yeah. So the first question of, is that a barrier? Absolutely. I mean, it just is. And, um, you know, I get a lot of questions from people that are, uh, just as an example, if you're on Instagram, you have an app mentioned, you know, if you type the at sign, you can tag somebody. Mm -hmm. We get people that are very often, people think I'm making this up. I am not. They say, I have never had social media. Um, can you help me with this thing? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this person doesn't know how to at mention on social media. Mm -hmm. Like, very clear that they've never had social media so there that is a barrier in itself um brad we still get we still get people coming into our facebook group that want to hear listen to the podcast on facebook i get those questions too i feel you man yeah so uh, but you're dead on i mean you know um so that was an unanticipated challenge uh was but but it's cool because we've convinced people that hey social media might not be that bad but mm-hmm. we do get a lot of people uh, that is a barrier. Honestly, from a tech perspective, one barrier I also did not anticipate was um, our audience does not update their software at all, <laughs> like ever. <laughs> and from a technology perspective, that gets really frustrating when people are complaining about something that doesn't work. It's like, man, we fixed that 18 months ago. How, you know, uh, how are you still experiencing this problem? And you realize they just don't update their phone. They don't update their app. And so same thing with Garmin equipment that we use to track dogs. A lot of, a lot of issues can be fixed with a software update, simple software update. Right. And Garmin makes that super easy. You know, we still, we still, we do still work with Garmin, um, on some activity tracking stuff. And, uh, you know, we, they're one of our leading brands that we sell too. Um, so, so, you know, they have a great platform and it's super easy, but it's the same Mm -hmm. thing. If you don't do it, then yeah, your firmware is out of date, you know, right, so, and, right. and bugs can creep in. So yeah. that, I mean, that is a barrier, man. I mean, it's definitely something that's a well, challenge. Particularly what I was talking about was, you know, people get used 
complacent. We've got we've got we've got a lot of people that just figured out how to use Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Facebook's been around for how long? And and we're just now starting to to pull some of these people out of the woodwork where they feel make feel comfortable making a post and understanding the basics of Facebook. So so that was the barrier I'm talking about of moving them from yeah. there to go wild. Have you seen too. that barrier? <clears throat> yeah. Um a lot of times a lot of times I'll get a big group admin and they're like, Hey man, I'm gonna bring over all my people. We've got two hundred thousand people. And we've done some pilots with that and people just don't want to, man. I mean, it's just uh they're they're happy with with their platform and their little community on Facebook. Not little, a lot of these are big communities. I don't mean to mm-hmm. uh, th- throw shade at them. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. I can't convince somebody um, you know, to stop using a platform if they're really happy with their community. What what I've told people, the 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 way I get a bug in their ear mm-hmm. is to realize. Um, your time here is probably finite. You are going, how, uh, last year with the, the storming of the Capitol, you know, Facebook announced that they deleted all these hate groups. A lot of those groups were hunting groups and it didn't make sense. It did not, it didn't get any public attention. Of course, like nobody was like, Oh my God, why did they delete all these hunting groups? I know multiple, multiple groups that have more than 70,000. One had 200,000 people in these Facebook groups that were just wiped out in that early January last year of when Facebook said they deleted a hundred, you know, violent groups. Well, a lot of these violent groups were just hunters and, you know, you and I know what those conversations probably looked like. Yeah. Um, that's where I, I do get people to start thinking about like, what would you do if you woke up tomorrow and that was gone? You, all your work that you've built up in that one Facebook group, instead of trying to diversify into a platform that supports hunting, you know, mm-hmm. now, now you're, you're starting all over. So yeah. the the point for me is not to like leave Facebook. It's that group managers or um, influencers should really start to diversify. We are seeing accounts deleted on Instagram and Facebook at a faster rate than I have. I've been watching this stuff closely since 2016. It's happening at a faster rate than ever before. TikTok is even worse about it. So, you know, that's my incentive to help people come over. It's 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 like it's kind of like one of those. I can't twist your arm to do it. But if ever you were going to be scared to lose something, you know, fear of fear of loss is one of the greatest motivators mm-hmm. you can have. Uh, there's also hope again, which is finding this new platform. It's great. But fear that's of right. loss, fear of loss is your best motivator. I, I'm going to I'm going to throw a perfect example out there for our audience. So Jacob Campbell posted in our Facebook group and wanted just pictures of hounds. Show pictures of your hounds doing what they do. It's the biggest post we've ever had. So people love to show that stuff off. Go wild is a great place for that. I mean, posting is, is easy and we don't have to worry about our memories being erased by Silicon Valley. That's been big influence by it's had a lot of outside influence and, not we don't want to go there. <laughs> that'll be a yeah. whole that'll whole be a, be a whole nother podcast too. Uh, yeah, I, I I can and have done whole podcasts on on that topic. So so since we are talking about go wild, and I I would like to see more engagement from the hound hunting community over there. Give us a real quick breakdown of what you're hearing back from your users. Um, about how easy it is to use, you know, this is the opportunity to make the sales pitch yeah. to, to pull people over. So a lot of people, <laughs> I kind of get mixed responses here. We have a great retention rate, but I do get people that say like, this is too complicated. 
Here's why. They're not open to change. It's what we talked about a minute ago. Mm -hmm. We did not, I didn't, why would I go out and redesign Facebook? You know, Facebook is the one of the biggest companies in history. They've got 60,000 employees. And a lot of the companies that have started hunting apps have failed because they tried to copy Facebook. And you're Mm -hmm. not going to beat Facebook at its own game. So I'm just going to real quickly and clearly lay out to your audience, this is not Facebook. There are familiar functionalities within it. You know, we have direct messaging, we have app mentions and stuff like that. But I just want, Mm -hmm. before you even download it, you're not going to find Facebook. We did not take Facebook and color it camo. Okay. Right. Um, Nice. On on the app, when you download it, you're going to see four buttons at the bottom. Those are the home button, the trail mix, and there's a post button, which you're familiar with. And then there's a shop. We'll start on the home button. When you guys find that, that's your that's like your dashboard. That's your personal dashboard for all things you and mm-hmm. co- maybe some content recommended directly for you. You're going to have your community, which is your your uh, notifications. You got a direct messages and then your rewards are at the top right there. Uh, there's a little tray that if you hit the home button, it'll slide up and down and then mm-hmm. you can push it on up. There's announcements, which a lot of those are blogs. We announce certain things on there like new podcasts and stuff like that. And then you can go through like I've got my wish list on here. Um, there's, uh, some trending gear posts that are on there. Um, there's more, more blogs and gear setups. That's, that's your home screen. Again, it's like your little dashboard for everything you on go well. When you hit your trail mix up at the top, just go ahead and once you onboard, hit that trail mix button at the very top, once you're on that tab. And now you can see the trails you follow. You can look at all trails, which is everything in the platform. And man, we've got a lot of really cool stuff. Again, yeah, there's, you falconry. Do. there's falconry. We've got, uh, you know, there's a first responders forum. There's foraging. Um, it, it's really awesome. And Houndsman was one we didn't launch with. And a couple uh, a couple different guys were just kind of harassing us of like, man, this is not like we have a dog life that we launched with. They're like, dude, this is not dog life. This is a totally different thing. And uh, I didn't grow up as a houndsman. So uh, the, after talking to a couple of these guys, we're like, let's do it. And now right. houndsman's a very popular trail on the platform. Right. Um, so so you can go through, control that. As you scroll through your trail mix, this is what you're familiar with. This is the part that should feel very natural to you. It's the trail mix uh, or it's your news feed, basically. Um, so you can, you know, go through, interact. Um, there's some amazing content in there. Like, look, I'm looking at this dude who posted his woodworking on here. Uh, so like there's a, there's all kinds of cool content. Um, I'm going to describe the post functionality real quick. Cause this is where we're a little different. Um, create a post is your normal post. That's like everything you're used to on a post pictures, text, all that stuff. You can enter a trophy. We have 250 species that you can tag. If we don't have it, you can ask for it and we'll, we'll try to get it added. Uh, but that goes through and saves your stats. So your turkey beard length or whatever you're hunting. And it'll also pin it to your profile and then you get points. So over time, um, you know, the uh, over time, those points add up and that's how you earn rewards. Log time, real quick. Again, uh, you said five minutes. I, I, I have a hard time doing anything in five minutes. I'm trying here. Uh, so log time um this is basically like a way to tell people what you've been doing in the outdoors and it also builds points so if you went out scouting you can log five hours scouting you can tag the gear you're using all that functionality helps you earn points on your platform and again that's how you get those good rewards and then the final tab is the shop functionality and um this is going to you know we've got everything broken down in the category you can search for brands we okay wait uh, wait wait I i gotta slow you down just a little bit um, so what you're saying is I can actually log time and build points. 
Mm-hmm. If I am out, if I am out every time you go out, yep. Running my hounds. Yeah. If you do it five days time. a week, you can do it five. You can log five days a week. Now I will say, if anybody comes in trying to hack it, we catch them, we'll delete you. Like because uh, that because we give out so much free gear. We try to save that free gear for people who play by the rules. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't happen a lot, but I just I always try to tell people on the podcast, like, don't try to game the system because my team's pretty good at sniffing you out, especially if we, like, if somebody comes through and motors through rewards, that's mm-hmm. a red flag, we'll find you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't do I'm that. I'm going to have to check that part out, though. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I'm definitely yeah, going to I mean, check that out. That's how um, if you see guys on the platform that have fifty thousand points, a lot of them are just in there consistently posting and sharing their story. You know, I know I'm looking at some of these profiles and they got all these points, and I've I've made some posts, and it's like, man, those guys must live on this thing. Well, they, or you know, or post- they post trophies, and <clears throat> inviting your friends also gets you a lot of points. That's two hundred fifty yeah. points for everybody that downloads it. So there's a lot of different ways to to get to, uh, the rewards. I'm sending invites to everybody in the Houndsman XP group, just so you know. Yeah, and you so just uh, and <laughs> six, they may not 6, know six thousand of them, baby. <laughs> I, that's awesome. I didn't explain this, but um, you actually get a unique link that you can find on your profile. So if you go back to your home tab, and and you go to uh, it, right under your name, it says Share Go Wild, and then you've got a link. So you hit Invite Friends, and you can actually copy your link right there. And so that unique link is what we use to track who comes through. Um, and then every now and then, you know, if somebody doesn't verify or something, cause it's, you know, it's 85% accurate, you know, we can't track all situations. Right. Um, but, but if we miss somebody, you can actually message me and we'll figure it out. We'll get your points for you. So, um, yeah, it's a really cool feature, man. Yeah. So if I've sent you an invite to, to go, to go wild and you didn't accept it, you're not my friend anymore. I just want, to, <laughs> I want everybody to know that. Um, we'll do another so, show where we publicly shame them. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, you got that part wrapped up. You feel comfortable? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I'm going to take a quick commercial break and um, we'll, we'll be back and we're going to talk about some more um, in-depth things. I want to talk about the article you wrote about social media, uh, some responses, but we'll be right back. Briar Creek Kennels is your complete hound hunting outfitter, boots, lights, collars, and tracking equipment. Dog boxes, kennel supplies, collars, clothes, squalors. Whew, they have it all. Briar Creek Kennel is a Garmin and dog tree dealer. Owner Chris Girth will ensure Briar Creek Kennel customers will get top of the industry customer service. Whether you purchase from their website or you find them at a major coonhound event, Chris and his staff will share expert knowledge and experience about every product they offer. Chris Girth is a top competitor and breeder of hounds. He knows what gear you need to be successful. Look for Briar Creek Kennels on the web for a complete online store or look at their fully stocked trailer at any major coonhound event. Briar Creek Kennels, offering a hound hunting public generations of excellence. Hey, before we get back to Go Wild and Brad Luttrell, make sure you check out Dogs Are Treed at dogsartreed.com. They've got all the highest quality gear in the industry. And when you use our promo code HXP 20% off, you will get 20% off of your entire order. Make sure you're checking them out at dogsartreed.com. Also, check out Rough Cut Company. Rough Cut Company is a very unique company trying to convince you. If you're an event coordinator for your state organization, you need to check out this company 
company. I've got a dog barking in the background here, but hey, that's part of the Houndsman XP podcast. Make sure you're checking out Rough Cut Company. They'll take any digital image that you have, make a beautiful award that you can give away at your banquets. They'll do wildlife scenes and different things that, that are going to be high quality, and they'll be great auction items. So make sure you're checking out Rough Cut Company at roughcutcompany.com. And at checkout, enter that promo code HXP10% off and you'll get 10% off your entire order. And we've got critters running around the Houndsman XP base camp here in Bear Branch, Indiana, and the Yogter and the Hounds and the Boxer, and all of them are going nuts. But that's part of it. I'm on a time cramp. Back to Brad Luttrell. We are back with Brad Luttrell. And, Brad, I wanted to really talk to you about social media this is a big thing. Um, it's not what I really wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about go wild too, but you've been very vocal and influential in the hunting community because there have been some attacks on social media from some well-known people in the hunting community that say that social media is going to run hunting or it's going to have a negative impact on the hunting. And and I want to talk to you about that and find out what your stance was and how to not be the person that's, that's running hunting through their social media. Yeah. So, um, just to riff off this, to frame it up, you know, this whole conversation got kicked off after Matt Ranella went on blood origins. He wrote an article in the free range American, which is a black rifle coffee product. Um, he was on meat eater, which was the saltiest of the, the batch there. Um, I, I think that episode is like, it came out around Christmas. If you want to check it out. Right. Um, basically the, the comments that, um, I have to frame this up to, to preface why I wrote that. Well, article. Matt Ranello was and, first and now Remy Warren just released an article as well about how social media I, I can for, I'll forward that article to you. I'd well. love to see that. Yep. Um, what was his stance? Um, it was um, social media is going to run hunting type type. Yeah, really? I think if you dissect it, there may be some nuances in there. I skimmed the article, uh, haven't haven't really read it in depth or put a lot of brain power to it. So I'll let you yeah. let you get it and dissect it. Yeah, I have to I have to check it out. Uh, I really respect Remy. Um, he's a he's a good dude. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that he see. I mean, he sees a lot of the bad too. As does Matt. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's not bad things out there. Um, Matt's position, well, there were a lot of positions that if you read my article, you can dissect it's, it's long and we won't be able to recap it all with time left here. But one of the things that Matt said was that you should unfollow social media influencers and that, um, we should stop posting about hunting on social media. Um, I don't even disagree with everything that Matt said, no, I was, but I kept getting, I kept getting people messaging me cause I founded a social media company for hunting asking for my opinion on it. And um, I finally decided to put out a formal response, which, as you would expect, was really popular. Uh, it's probably one of the most popular blog posts we've ever launched. Um, social media content in itself is not inherently harmful to this perception of what it is to be a hunter. My argument was that, in fact, if we want hunting to exist in 30 years, we actually need social media more than ever. Because if you guys and I bet my my houndsmen here are probably uh, in, in with this on me because a lot of people don't know this organization. But Sportsman's Alliance right. is a a group that uh, fights for houndsmen all the time. A lot of the leg legislation that comes through 
is um, impacting houndsmen. And this group is, if you just go to their, their blog, you can't make it. It's every other post is talking about new laws that are, uh, or bills that are being proposed that are anti-hunting. Right. And we work, we work with them. We work with them. They're amazing. Yep. 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 I know, uh, both Brian's and Mm -hmm. Evan pretty well over there. We we've had them on our show. Uh, I I'm a big supporter of them. Brian's been on uh, here personally. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're great guys. They do the best work in the industry for fighting for us truly. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and if you just go to their website though, uh, sportsmansalliance.org and go to their blog, you can see, I mean, dude, we're getting hammered. We're not. And and I think people think that there's going to be this, they over they they oversimplify this thought that there's going to be this sweeping legislation that says no hunting. It's not what's happening. It's little by little. It's fur trapping. It's bears. Death by a thousand it's cuts. Spe- it's a thousand cuts, yep. man. And the the opponents are or highly organized. Their attacks are orchestrated. They are funded better than anything we can comprehend exactly the right. humane society has more money and i did a two-hour long show with the sportsman's alliance guys where we broke this down on one of my old podcasts and um i was blown away by how orchestrated all this stuff is they've got so they've got master's think, degree in the art of war by sun tzu i mean they oh dude oh art of war yeah. exactly yep. right they, i mean that they, they very much are being tactical in their approach um and and we're playing whack-a-mole with every every one of these uh i said you know, the same thing up. brad i said you know we are very good at being reactive and we've got i just yeah. wrote an article about this that appeared in bear hunting magazine about uh being reactive and how we've gotten lucky we've gotten very lucky this year mm-hmm. uh but we can't think that that's all that they were going to do you know you take you take senate bill 22031, the mountain lion bobcat lynx band yep. in Colorado. Um, you know, I've already got information. We that was defeated in committee. It never came out of committee. That was a win. But I've already got information that the HSUS is starting a petition for a ballot initiative. And I I passed it. Just say it'll be back. Oh, yeah. They always come. Well, back. they're trying to put it on the ballot for this fall. So they've always yeah. got a fallback yeah. plan. They've already, you know, a fail safe. We're, this doesn't work. We're going here. And a lot of times they just float stuff out there to see what kind of reaction they get. They've got a set amount of money that they're going to dump into their little pilot program, see what kind of, re- yep. and then they come back and they strategize and go after it again. And from what the, using the information they learned, looking at reactions. Yeah. This is where the thing I said earlier comes into play. And it's really scary to think about. Um, I know on my LinkedIn account, cause I've got an analytics tool that if I talk about firearms, I get like 75% less reach than normal. So I have to misspell firearms if I want to talk about them and I can get a normal really? reach. Think about the power. Yeah. I've got more examples, but I mean, that gives you the gist of it. Think about the power of a platform in a legal battle that, that throttles by default, any post about hunting. Um, and, and think about how much power that gives to the opposition to talk about it and fill the void. You know, that's, that's where Matt Rinella's argument falls apart for me. Mm-hmm. If we aren't on social media, we didn't, he, he thinks that we're taking a negative piece of content out. It's not how this works. It, th- this conversation is fluid like water. If you pick a rock up out of water, what happens? The water fills the space, right? Be like water. That's exactly what's, ex- yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's exactly what's going to happen though. If we 
pull ourselves out of this conversation. The point is we should not be trying to talk less. We should think about what we're saying. Yes. You know, we need to, we need to control the narrative more and to share things that are positive. You know, I, when, when I was on Instagram and I deleted it, um, I don't remember when I got off of it. I think it was last year after this whole last debacle with our company. Uh, so around Halloween, I, I quit, um, for good. But, you know, when I was on there, I was really big on sharing the food aspect. I would share a lot of the the adventure side of hunting that, mm -hmm. you know, of like, hey, I watched red tail hawks dive bomb squirrels today for four hours while I was hunting. And it was awesome yeah. trying to share those stories, trying to talk about the nonprofits we work with. A lot of hunters, though, um, treat it, you know, basically the the whole season is never talked about until it's, it's a grip and grin. Right. And, you know, think about the culture shock that somebody that's never seen hunting before gets with that. And a lot of people, you know, uh, they'll say, well, I'm not going to change my content for you. Well, my thing is you better because those people have votes too. Mm -hmm. You know, those people, if you're not educating them, and I'm not saying you don't have to ever post grip and grins, but people need to post other parts of the story. You need to talk about the conservation, talk about the fact that we fund literally all the wildlife biologists in the country who study this stuff right and talk about the fact that you fed your friends with that deer's backstrap whatever it is just fill in the void of some of these other narratives you've got to get into the and nuance people, of it you've got to do you've got yeah. we've got to present this thing in layers you know if you look at some of the most effective campaigns there are media campaigns there are layers to what the message is um you know there's a human side of it watch any commercial. It's not just about the product. They want to tell you a story in that commercial. And there's layers to that, that appeal to people. And, and if we just open our eyes and realize that that's, what's going to carry us into the future, we can be, we, we can be successful. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that builds up to that point of pulling the trigger. Um, you know, I think, I think overall hunters have to do a better story. Maybe we can link to my article there so they can kind of read through and it's long. I'm telling you right now it's long because this is complicated. I could have written twice as much on there. Well, that article um, is what made me pursue you as a guest. Just so you know, I that. appreciate it. Yep. I appreciate it. It's been good for counterbalancing a lot of the the narrative um you know i mean what what sucks is our r3 as an initiative from the the council um the council to advance the hunting and shooting sports that whole team you know continues to try to get their message out but they're not really invited to the table so these narratives get thrown out there and um matt's article had a lot of um negative data he would say it was misinterpreted data about the r3 initiatives mm -hmm. and what they do Matt thinks that we don't need more hunters. Um, That's what you, he really you, took you, a lot of fire for. He did. He did. He, he said we need half as many, which is wrong. You can't say that. I can't say that in Kentucky either. You That comment goes down uh, immediately to me. It sounds elitist. Uh, it's very elitist, yeah. and it's also very self-centered. You know, I'm sure where Matt hunts um, in Montana, hunting probably elk, which is, or whatever, like a, a big game, some type of mm -hmm. big game, um, I'm sure it is competitive and I'm sure it feels like you need half as many hunters. Here's the thing. Georgia has so many freaking deer. They have to pay someone to come in and shoot them right. because they're, right. they're, they're a nuisance. Mm -hmm. So you're going to tell me that everybody needs half as many hunters. Like that argument is just very, I don't, I don't mean this in a mean way. It's very ignorant. I don't, Matt, I think Matt Rennell is very smart. Oh yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I think he's very smart, but I think the argument itself, not what, not who he is, is ignorant or it's, it's blissfully. Well, ignorant. it's like, you know, he's, he's we need half self-centered is probably a better way yes, to say that. We, we, we need half as many hunters as long as I'm one of them. 
as long as I can right. be one right. of them, then we need <laughs> half as many. Right. Um, and yeah. then it, I find it comical. I mean, just it makes me laugh out loud when I think about somebody who has got. I spent a lot of time in Montana, and there are millions of acres in Montana dedicated to public land. Yeah. And then I look east of the Mississippi and you go to public land. You want to see a lot of hunters <laughs> come to public land in the east. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We, the uh, pumpkin I had that conversation too, you know, um, and, and we have, you know, out there, it's like what more than 60% of the state's public. I yeah. think now it may not all be good hunting land. I right. get that. And, and you know, there's trailheads that are really popular. I get all yep. that. Uh, but we got like 4% in Kentucky is public land, right. you know, uh, we're like, we're, and, we are and, four. Indiana is number 43 in the United States out of 50 states for public, public land. Really? So, yeah. so don't come to me crying yeah, so, about hunting opportunity when you live in a state that's, that's got as many acres as a lot of the Western yeah. states do. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And that, but that, that right there, that comment shows the nuance and all mm -hmm. this and that nobody, you know, I don't sweeping comments like that are great for sound bites. I'm sure that was one of the most popular episodes that meat eater ever did. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's why there's another article uh, or is it by meat eater? The, the, did Remy write? It's not, no, Remy, Oh, he didn't write it for Remy, meat eater. Remy's out on his own now. Oh, okay. Oh, I think I heard yep. that. Um, yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, but, but that narrative of, uh, you know, it's controversy and controversy sells, that's right. you know, and it maybe. Maybe for the better because I've you know how many shows I've you're not the only person like I've I've been invited to a lot of guests after that article so um, it did open up my opportunity to counter mm -hmm. it you know I got to do the blood origins counter uh, conversation the other day and I was grateful to at least get to put out you know because they were the first ones that kind of launched that whole thing from Matt Ranella and Matt Ranella is always a little contrarian and I like contrarians I'm a contrarian <laughs> um, but. You know, the uh, he, he came on there and kind of really stirred it up. And then the free range article dropped uh, and then the mediator. Well, actually, I think mediator was next. And then the free range article. It's just uh, a whole lot of promotion of a really flawed argument. Yeah. Yeah. So so a lot of the things that we're seeing there with that and, and we will link your article um, in this podcast in the show notes. I want to make sure we get that done. But. Um, Matt Ranella had a lot of his idea was if we just stop, then we can all live in secret and we can all enjoy what we do. And, and that you think the humane society is going to no. stop. And, and we lose our spot <laughs> in, in the narrative at that point, we, we lose ground yep. in the hunting narrative. So what you're saying is to, to sum this up is don't stop, just do a better job. Let's, yeah. let's just change the way post more. Okay. Post more <laughs> as a, as you a, know? as a person who is an owner of a company that owns a social media, tell us what is effective social media presentation and what is not. Yeah. So I, I like this question a lot. Um, and I'm going to throw out there first too, because a lot of people have accused us of creating an echo chamber where your voice won't be heard. And that's not what we've built go Wild to do. I have never told anybody that they need to get off other platforms. Now I personally have deleted my meta accounts because uh, again, we could do a whole show on all my, my grievances with meta. Um, Facebook I'm going to hold you to that. About. Yeah, I really could. <laughs> and I do, uh, we can come on and I can outline, I've actually got another article that we launched a few months before this Ronella one that outlines a lot of yeah. that too. Um, 
But, you know, I one reason I actually am on TikTok now and I'm kind of focused on it because I'm going to have to play by their rules. I can't show guns. I can't even I have to watch what I say. But I see that as where people are going. And if I can be there and share a positive story for hunting, I think that's a good mm -hmm. thing. If I have to play by their rules to do that, I think that's a good thing. Now, TikTok's got just as many concerns, not just as many. I think there's a lot of concerns around TikTok, too. And if I get overwhelmed with it, I'll be out of that platform, too. But I think overall, people need to do a better job of sharing. And you asked me kind of like, what are those guidelines in my mind? Um, you know, I don't think it takes white white tail hunters are probably the worst offenders because there's more of them. Um, you know, the, well, I mean, on sharing like the, uh, like grip and grin by volume, by volume, the, the number of offensive photos. Mm -hmm. and, and I, when I say offensive, I don't mean to me and the go out community or you guys listening, we all get it. If you pulled out that bloody photo of a deer sitting in a pool of blood with its tongue hanging out, none of us would be offended by that. Right. right. But I think taking a little bit extra time to drag the deer out of that spot, take a, a picture that really represents that animal that you could be proud of and uh, show somebody a little bit of extra effort on a grip and grin goes a long mm -hmm. way. You know, try to get that photo before it goes into bed with the celebratory beers with the truck. Uh, tr just thinking about that alone. You know, in Africa, when they when they take a big game animal, mm -hmm. the guides come in and they rub dirt on the wound. They get that blood off there. They make sure that it's not sitting in this giant puddle because they understand controversy. Man, that I is mean, just, it, nothing. Yeah, that is a, a volatile community over there, and conservation is under attack in South Africa. We just ran. Yeah, and it's misunderstood too because you know people will say things like, "How can you hunt elephants? They're they're going extinct." And in some areas over there, there there's so many yeah. of them that they're destroying exactly. crops, and people have no idea. Well, I know we're not going to yeah. dive into the African. Uh, I'll <laughs> shut up about that. But like, th they understand better than anybody. We got a lot to talk about. <laughs> I know, man, I, I'm telling you, we can go a lot of different directions, but they understand better than anybody the importance of controlling that narrative. And, and you know, for hunters, that's my first thing is just, you know, be thoughtful about what you're posting. Um, you know, try to take a you, you whether or not you like it and you can disagree with me on this, but I'll still tell you it's true where everybody on here, if you're posting on social media, you're a PR uh, public relations representative for hunting. That's right. You are telling a story for everybody else. So taking a little bit of extra time to show people why this isn't violence, why it's not murder. Like, right. You think, think ahead of what the, the, com, com, uh, the combating com comments are going to be. And, you know, you can start to tell a story about how you really do care for your dogs, the food that you're getting, what you do with the hides, you know, tell this whole story and then you start to build up a wall that's a lot harder to tear down when we're only sharing the death of hunting and people are calling us murderers you know you can call them snowflakes and you don't care but really like all we're doing is validating their points that they take and, and use against when, us and that was what matt said that i do agree yeah. with 100 percent. when when everybody wants to show success but success is measured in different ways and as you get as you mature in the hunting lifestyle in this, in this community, then some of the nuances are much more, they become more important to the veteran hunter than this, the end result. It's easy to show the success. Um, uh, it's easy to, but getting there is not easy, you know, being successful. And that's where the real story is. It is such yeah. a, that's why we have a time log on go wild. I didn't mention that, but that's we we've created that f feature to encourage people to share that you went hunting today and didn't get anything. You know, you take you take this 
take the houndsman for instance, a person who, you know, I just, I just bred a female, um, last week. So I've got that part of the story of the breeding aspect of it for the nurturing of the expecting mother. And then you're going to have puppies and then you've got to raise a litter of puppies to weaning age. And then you do their training and you follow this story all the way out to boom. If you start that story now, with with this part of it and you show every aspect of it and you build that story then people can expect can 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 appreciate when that puppy that you featured two years ago finally got to this point boom now you got now you got a story yeah yeah for sure man so um tell us some of the things that i'm gonna put you on the spot what are some of the damaging things that hunters do and put on social media, um, that are just shooting holes in the boat. Yeah. Um, we've kind of built our guidelines around trying to keep this stuff out of our platform. You know, a lot of people call us like your uncensored platform and like, we are that I won't censor your hunting content, but, um, things, things that we shouldn't be doing and things that you can't do on go wild are making fun of somebody for shooting a spike deer. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people that first get into hunting, they may hunt an area that's really pressured and hard to even see deer. And if they get a spike and they're proud of that, we should embrace that person's journey, mm -hmm. right? Like we should, we should support them. And, you know, sometimes, uh, and th this is a rampant problem that if, even if you talk to state wildlife agency folks, um, they'll bring this up the, the infighting and people think of like, it's crossbows versus compound bows. When you say infighting, right. it, it is so much, it's so much deeper than that, man. There, there are so many different segments of hunters that, um, kind of end up trampling on each other. Um, a lot of this stuff is playing out in social media comment threads and we, we kind of just get on the same page and get away from that type of stuff. Um, you know, so, so for, for, within our own arguments get out of like yelling at the guy for shooting a crossbow because they're thinning, thinning out your deer population like that's an argument to take to the state it's not something to say to somebody on a public thread who uh you know posted right um we we look fragmented because we are you know you're kind of weakening us overall in the eyes of a humane society um in terms of other things to to, to not post you know um things that skirt the law and this sounds crazy but i see it man I, well, that's another thing we don't tolerate is poaching or anything like as that as a retired but, conservation uh, officer i see a lot of posts that's where i mean towards the end of my career we were making cases off of people's <laughs> social media posts you know straight up yeah we we've had um we actually have it in our terms that if you're stupid enough to post uh that you were poaching we we may report you to the authorities. So, uh, That's you know, but people do this stuff on social media. Because we you know, have to uh, police they, our own ranks. We have to, yeah, you know, for sure. Man. We have to, I mean, you, do you know, think about the number of times and I guarantee people will realize this if they haven't thought of it already, the number of times you'll see a headline that says hunter shoots deer out of season. You're like, no, no, That's no, right. That's a poacher. That's not a hunter. Hunters. You don't get to represent me like that exactly yeah. but but you know the the there's nuance in that and the the little you know 23 year old dude that wrote the article uh, for the newspaper may not even know about right. him. so we have to help tell that story um i'm trying to think of other things that really like i think um one thing that i'm a little concerned about that matt also brought up is just the fact that there's a lot of killing for content um and and you know maybe people donate the food but uh, I can tell you that from being on the industry side and knowing a lot of the brands mm -hmm. and do doing all the shows and stuff, 
there are some concerning things going on. Yeah. I mean, there, there's people are um, 100% killing for content. Matt, Matt said something to the effect of like, who needs five elk? You know, it's like, at what point are we wasteful? Again, there's hunters for hungry, but there are what what's happening is we're putting so much pressure on content creators to get those kills mm -hmm. that they are starting to make bad decisions to try. They're stretching themselves. They're taking longer shots. That's not acceptable. Right. I don't care if you're a YouTuber. Um, that that's probably like more than anything is one of my biggest concerns that I'm seeing play out is that these guys are, uh, you know, really pushing themselves to do, take shots, to, mm -hmm. to get the animal and, and to get that final trophy video. Um, and, and they're doing, they're just, they're partaking in bad practices. Yeah. They're not able to settle for a story of like, I didn't get him. That is a good story to tell. The times you got beat. I mean, that shows yeah. that shows the human struggle. That shows uh, that that deflates the argument that it's all about blood sport. If you can go into uh, and make a, a post about, man, it was a rough day and and we got beat today. It was a great day, dude. We uh, we launched a whole new podcast to combat this whole crazy like. 200 inch deer phenomenon of everybody that's trying to, or elk or whatever it is, you know, all these influencers talking about, um, how all these public land deer that they killed with their bow at 40 yards or whatever. And we're like, you know what? We all relatively suck or are mediocre. We're going to start talking about what's really like. <laughs> and we, we, we kicked this podcast off with my own shameful story, dude. Um, it is, if you, if you really want like a good entertaining 30 minutes, uncensored by go wild is the podcast name. Episode one is called toothpicks. And the reason it's called toothpicks is because I shot a doe that turned out to be a spike and I, it was a 110 yard shot. And I, I tell the story of, of this horribly embarrassing moment for me because Kentucky only has one buck tag. So I tagged out on the season on accident on a spike, um, on a spike. I mean, I, when you see the photos of this, it's on my, well, I don't want to, I I don't want to make on, fun of you for shooting a spike. Cause that's against community rules. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was all right. It was, I actually posted this on go wild and it was, um, at first I was, before I even logged it, I was looking at all the comments of, or all the deer that are coming in. And I was kind of, I'm like, man, everybody's getting good deer in here. I'm sitting on this picture of the spike, <laughs> but I posted it and I had, there's 90 comments on this post. And it was so many people. They're like, dude, I've done that. Like, I, I felt good about it afterwards. I was like, I don't feel like an idiot anymore because people I really respect are telling me like I did that a few years ago or I, that that's happened to me twice or whatever yeah. it is. So yeah. share those raw moments, man. I mean, if anything, I think it makes us all feel better to know that other people are screwing it up too. That's right. Yeah. I had a supervisor tell me one time he was a buddy of mine. I worked with him for years and he got promoted before I did. And, um, um, I, I told him, I was like, man, when are you going to figure out that you're the, I called him with a question. He's like, man, I don't know. And I said, I said, when are you going to figure out that you're the boss now? And he said, when are you going to figure out I'm the same dumbass I always was, you know? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, that's, what's funny. People, um, people on board on the go wild. And when you guys sign up, cause I know you're all going to now you go to that's download right. go and sign up. You'll get an automated message from me, but I really respond back. That first one's automated, but if you respond back, then I, I'll start messaging with you. And a lot of people assume that, you know, they're like, Oh man, I bet you hunt all these crazy places. And they think I'm out like hunting out West all the time. I'm like, 
I'm pretty much your average dude. I hunt Kentucky. I got a little 70 acre plot that uh, I hunted my dad's buddies and I hunt some public land back home, but I'm not out here shooting monster deer. You know, I'm, I'm not the guy that a lot of people assume started the, the app. I'm like, the reason I started this community is because I sucked at hunting and I needed help. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, oh, man, it kind of comes great. down to that. That's great. Well, Brad, I appreciate it. Um, I think we need we do need to get together again and uh, i'd like to dive deeper into how to set up an effective social media uh platform because there's a lot of organizations that are trying to use social media to push their cause and um you know what uh, how are you on time i'm good okay well let's just do it now let's probably got i got 15 we got 15 more or so okay so let me take a quick commercial break and then we'll come back and wrap this up with how an organization can put together an effective media campaign and use social media. And we're back. So Brad, that was a question. How can I see organizations, we need social media. It's a great tool to get the word out and things like that. So how can the individual, let's just, let's just stick to organizations at this point. Um, and how can say the Eastern Idaho Houndsman Association, what do they need to be doing to really get their message out, drive their organization, get and and reap the benefits of that by getting more involvement, more membership, more support, things like that. Man, before we even talk social media, so much of this comes down to, in fact, I'm speaking at a group today at four o'clock about this exact thing. They're struggling with their story. And so much of this comes down to, you know, they're asking what kind of content they should be producing. But mm -hmm. really, when I ask them questions, they don't even know who they are. You know, you ask five different people what the organization does and they get different answers. And so the first thing any organization should do if you're getting different answers, because a lot of organizations get really spread out. They end up, you know, with a lot of different components of their mission statements um, is really google how to write a positioning statement and then figure that out a positioning statement is is essentially saying we do this for this audience and and we do this better than anybody else because and, and you know it kind of builds out this story mm -hmm. and when you know that really well and you understand that the next parts of that become easier writing you know i always tell people as a copywriter which is my background um, writing is not hard Thinking is hard when you have to think through something that you you have to decide how you feel about or how you're going to tell a story mm -hmm. that takes me longer to write. If I'm going to write something of like just diagramming what happened, you know, like a, a police officer would in a report that doesn't take me very long because right. I can do that quickly. I know what happened. Right. But a lot of uh, brands struggle to even create content because they haven't thought about exactly what they are, who mm -hmm. they are. And the next thing that um, I see a ton of brands missing is not understanding who their audience is. And that may sound really obvious. You may say our audience is hunters. Well, we spent an hour talking up to now to talk about all the different types of hunters. So if anybody's still listening, I don't need to reframe right. that. There's elk, there's there's Eastern, there's there's all kinds of houndsmen. Mm -hmm. You guys are very different yes. than uh, your, your run-of-the-mill turkey hunter, right? And so there, there's all these different audiences. So you need to figure out who you're appealing to. As a houndsman organization, are you appealing to houndsmen or are you appealing for to people for legislation? That's two hugely different audiences that I could see an organization like that tackling. Mm. And so figure out 
And you may have multiple, you know, our brand has multiple audiences. We have brands that we want to work with. We have new hunters, we have veteran hunters, we have anglers. Um, so there's, there's multiple audiences that you may build out, but you need to write what's called a persona and it, literally write this out. Our brand has a couple different ones and just kind of describe that average person. You can even name them. I find it helps to name them, you know, uh, you know, for, for us, it might be Joe B hunting. Huntington, right? And we're going to describe out uh, one of our like typical Go Wild members. Okay. This helps brands a ton for telling the story because now I'm I'm writing for Joe, right? I can think of who I'm actually writing for. If you look through social media, you can tell a brand has not thought through this process when their their content's just kind of soft. It's it's uh, whitewashed almost. It's like just run of the mill. You could almost copy and paste it and put it on any other brand. So, and, so, and it has to no break, flavor to break it. that down. The persona would be, you are writing, uh, I I'm the president of this organization and, and this is my audience and, and I'm going to write a description of Joe B Huntington. Joe B Huntington is a, or you would say as Joe B Hunt, Huntington, I am a houndsman who, hunts the mountains of blah, blah, blah with this type of hound. Uh, I like these things about hunting. I need my organization to do this for me. Yeah. What, what does he need? Um, I even find it helps to think through like, where does he probably live? Mm -hmm. And you can just kind of pick an average place. Like maybe if it's Pennsylvania and then we're going to say, um, you know, it helps for a brand's perspective to even write out like household income, Wow, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, to think through because then, you know, if, the household income matters because if you're selling a $1,500 dog collar, a $1,500 dog collar to a guy that's going to need eight of them, um, if he makes, you know, uh, on one end of the pay scale, that may not even be appealing. Right. You may write content that's never going to resonate. Uh, but if, if you're targeting people who have the, the, the ex, uh, expendable income, you know, that really helps you get, get mm -hmm. your head in the right space. Writing out as much as you can, you'll, you'll do this kind of once or twice looking at this and then you'll get in a rhythm to where you're thinking about this person that's going to read this. And yeah, you may have just excluded people get thinking that I got to appeal to everybody. And that's the best way to water down your brand. You know, um, again, I, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this, I think I did, but I, I did years in advertising mm -hmm. and we did branding and marketing. And, and the biggest problem was when people wanted to appeal to everyone, you know, in the hunting space, we all love black rifle coffee. Why is that? It's because Black Rifle Coffee knows your liberal Starbucks drinker is not their audience. Evan Hafer has been in the New York Times saying, I know who my audience isn't and I'm not going to appeal right. to them. You know, so uh, you might piss off some people. In fact, if you are pissing off some people here and there, that's probably a good thing because you've got an audience that's your, your counterpart right. for the houndsmen. You know, it's the Humane Society people. Uh, we don't care if they're mad. Right. right? Like we're, we're not. There's that 5% that's crazy. We're never going to convince them otherwise. In the middle. Those are our swing votes. Those are our people that we convinced to, to vote for us. And then once we get closer over to Joe, those people on the fringe of Joe, those are the people we can convert to customers, convert to members, convert to whatever that goal mm -hmm. is as a brand. Valuable. So how does that apply to, so once we've established that, then the social media content comes in and how we utilize social media. You yeah, see, you see, you so, see a lot of different things out there, you know, like use yeah, totally. your story every day post at this prime time, you know, and, and make all, all that stuff is like the refinement that you should totally ignore in the early days. Cause the, the, none of that matters if you can't tell Thank a story. You. Um, I, so I've been doing social media pretty much my whole career. Um, I was in college, uh, Facebook came on the year I went to college and I was in college working at the student newspaper 
and was really the first advocate of like, hey, we should be utilizing this. I launched my career at a time when uh, in journalism, when when we were starting to figure out that this is a powerful tool, Twitter, you know, all that stuff is coming online. Um, so I've and then my I spent two years in photography and then my first job in advertising was actually a social media assistant, which basically today they call community manager. So I have done this stuff for a living since then. That was 2011. I think I got hired for that job. Um, so I've been doing this for a long time. Like I have literally more than 12 years of experience in social media. Mm -hmm. The place to start with content writing is not all that stuff you just talked about. All that matters, but that's a, those are tweaks. When you post, assumes that you got the content right, right? So let's talk about what the content is. I always tell every brand to start with this ratio of 80% fun, soft sell, not really talking about your product or your brand, things that are in the space and experiment with like some behind the scenes stuff. It's an employee's birthday or it's a blog uh, that that's fun. Mm -hmm. You know, again, this is lighthearted. And again, it depends on the topic, but it's not hammer home type stuff. 20% of your content is going to be hammer home. We're really proud to partner with this organization. Here's our new product. Um, you know, those kind of th here's our service that we offer. Those kind of yeah. things. Pay attention to what is gaining traction and, you know, apply uh, if you if you see one component of the 80 or the 20 that's doing really well, say, OK, that post about um, our company field trip did really great. What if we posted more about, uh, you know, our company happy hours or the birthday celebrations we do? And then on the product side, like, man, people went nuts when we launched that new whatever yeah. it is, the widget widget 3.0. Uh, maybe we should talk a little bit behind the scenes about how widget 3.0 came to be right lean into the things that are working mm -hmm. and then when you start to find what's resonating i do this with my linkedin content i'm really um i i post people may be surprised to find that a hunting ceo finds good audience in uh on linkedin but it's because nobody else is talking about this stuff okay. there so if i find like one space that i've found is talking about culture and I'm kind of the anti-corporate guy, right? Like I'm really promoting a lot of remote work and um, I've, I've gotten, I mean, most of the posts that I'll do about that kind of topic, I'll get 20 to 50,000 views on some of that stuff right. talking about, you know, the importance of, of valuing your employees. So I lean into that. I, nobody else is talking about it in the way that I am. I've kind of got my own little unique thing that I'm, I'm hitting there. So I try to hit that two or three times a week on that type of content. And then I'm still lobbing new, new things to experiment with in there, uh, you know, to, to trial and error. I'm playing with video right now to see if that's something that's going to play well on that platform. I like, so I like, you're always experimenting. I like your uh, ratio there. I think that gives us a good, good, clear guideline and something to shoot for. 80% fun, 20% yeah. hard, you know, hard, what harder hitting. Um, I, yeah. I really like that. And, and, and you may always go ahead. The Sorry. There's a really critical part to that, that I want to add. Um, that's your starting point. Some brands may find like my LinkedIn content. I don't even do 80, 20. I'm probably 95, five on uh, every now and then I'll talk about what we do. You know, we'll have a record day or a month and I'll congratulate my team. Yay. Us. I don't talk a lot about go wild because then I've, I've built my audience up. And they trust me and they're paying attention to me. And then when I say something about my company, it's few and far between. Um, but some companies, you'll see them scale on to more on the 50-50. Yeah. You, know, you, may, you may end up, it depends. So you start at 80-20 because... 
people use social media for entertainment. So right. if you start putting out entertaining content first, you, you it gives you more of a barometer to kind of to a scale to look at and kind of gives you a wider range to mm -hmm. see what's going to resonate. If you come in and this is what most people do when they think they got to post about their from their company, if they're not, you know, branding minded and trained and kind of done this for a while. They come in and they sell our products the best. It's it's the fastest. It's this and that. It's like, dude, no one cares. No <laughs> one gives a rip about how fast your product is or any of that stuff. Um, if you're straight up selling, who wants to sign up to be sold to all day long? I don't. Right. I hate this. Right. I delete. But it. now if I if I, I've got a couple brands that I am really passionate about, and uh, like this is a weird fact, but I, I just bought like an electric skate one wheel skateboard. I have never been into this kind of stuff, but like. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah. I'm having a, uh, I'm I having a midlife those. crisis and I'm going to do it. Yeah. It's awesome. And, um, I've gotten really passionate about that brand and like, I would totally geek out on the specs for them, yeah. but it, that works for them. Right. Like you have to, again, it all just depends on the brand and you know, that there's nuance with everybody. Well, I think that's, I see my, I'm learning so much just talking to you. Uh, really I am. Cause I'm a, trying to be an influencer in so the social media space, build a brand, stuff like that. I, by default, I'm a hard hitter. You know, I come in and, and just the facts, ma'am type guy and, and don't spend enough time on the entertaining side, but I know what you say is true. And I go back to that post that was made in our group where it was just fun. Post a picture of your dog mm -hmm. doing what they do. And it blew yeah. up, you know, it yeah. was amazing. So we need to go back to stuff like that, but as an organization, so to, to boil this down to the bare bones of it, if, if you're trying to run an organization, you need to be telling stories about your youth day that you had, uh, you know, and all the fun the kids had the, the membership banquet and, you know, stuff like that, not necessarily hard hitting. Every time somebody picks, opens up Facebook, they don't want to see the, the organization, sounding the alarm being crisis call to action type stuff is that what you're saying yeah 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 i think um the other thing to remember too is you know i uh like my personal content on linkedin i try to look at what i'm learning as a young ceo who is literally completely unqualified to run this company right it's like <laughs> i'm a journalism guy uh who ended up in in advertising and then ended up in tech i share a lot of what i've learned along the way so i'm telling my story and like hey i had this experience and here's how it can help you yeah and so yeah that that doesn't necessarily translate directly over to brands but if you start to just kind of think about twisting the perspective a little bit on content you can you can instead of hey this is what we did thanks to everybody involved it, it might be from the brand of like we learned a lot about doing this and we're considering doing another event. How would you all feel about that? Get people engaged. Ask them questions. You know, be vulnerable. I was going to say vulnerable. That was the word I was going to next because yeah. social media has set up this world where we can all be Batman. You know, and you know we're all bulletproof, yeah. and we put we can make ourselves whatever we want to be out there. But I like to read and see stuff when people are vulnerable and humility you know, humble about what they're doing. And that was a, like a queued up, queued up statement right there. I I'm dude. I, uh, my, again, if you, I, I have, my TikTok is going to be a little bit different. My LinkedIn, my go out is very You're not different gonna be than anything else. On TikTok, are you? No, okay. man, I don't dance. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I, I really believe there'll be a whole next phase where it's not that kind of stuff. Just like Snapchat was and Instagram was, um, the LinkedIn though, uh, a lot of my story has been how, like, 
being vulnerable and talking about failure because founders on there, so many people are like, we're crushing it yeah. and all this super positive stuff. And that is not reality for anybody. Mm -hmm. I, a lot of these guys that post that stuff all the time, it's really toxic because they're kind of setting up that there's all the success and we, we, you know, 100 extra revenue over the last two years. Right. And it makes you as a founder who maybe three extra revenue, you're like, man, that sucks. So I try to be really open about the failure. And when I started doing that, my trajectory on my reach has just been insane. Like people love that vulnerability and cause they can connect with it. I mean, there's, it's, there's some, something to like a Dan Bilzerian who's a billionaire and lives on a, or a multimillionaire and lives on a yacht with all these hot models. Like people will watch that kind of stuff. Cause it's like a, you know, it's entertain pure entertainment. But if you, nobody has a relationship with Dan Bilzerian right. because it's like, I can't identify with this guy, yeah. you know, he's super ripped poker player. Who's, you know, probably snorting Coke off of uh, <laughs> some of these half naked women. Like, I'm like, I have no idea what that's like. Right. But if, if I have a guy who, uh, is posting about his struggles with his kid and parenting, I'm like, man, I get that dude. And I build a relationship with him now. Yeah. Nobody's really building relationships with a guy. Like I just mentioned, but if you're vulnerable and you, you show some weaknesses, the power in that man. Uh, and that's what, um, we work with Bo Martonic as a podcaster. And one of my favorite things about Bo is he'll talk about stuff that he screwed up. And a lot of his podcasts on when he has guests on is talking through and working through stuff. I think there's something to that, man. This has been like, this is, this is kind of hit a reset button for me, Brad. I'm not going to lie. Cause like I said, I'm a hard hitting guy. I, I, you know, I feel like that we need to get the message out there. I kind of run from, uh, I run from crisis to crisis and, and trying to unite this community and, and things like that. I'm, I'm thankful that we have other people on my team that, that can post some stuff that's more entertaining, but what a great, what a great conversation. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. What? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Um, I know you you have a uh, really popular following in the dog space, so I hope to see all these guys on Go Wild. Oh, I hope so, too. And real quick, tell us, we're going to dumb this down to like social media 101. How do people find Go Wild? Well, we're going to use your link, actually. I said downloadgowild.com earlier, and that is how I tell most people. But let's just put your link in the show notes. That way they get, uh, you know, they're coming through. Uh, then then you're getting credit. Um, but also, I'm pretty sure it'll make them follow you. Mm -hmm. That's the other benefit. If they if you refer somebody, it'll automatically have you guys follow each other. Um, so go ahead and do that. We'll put, put your link in there. And if you need help finding that, let me know. Um, but it's on your profile. Hit share, go wild. And then you have a customizable link that you can share. Um, but we are on the app stores yeah. and, you know, people, again, if you download it, you're going to find, um, my, you'll get a message from me. So just let me know that you heard, heard about me on this podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Brad, thanks a lot, buddy. I know you're not a houndsman, but we close these out the same way every time. And until next time, <laughs> uh, you follow your hounds and I'll follow mine. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs>